Welcome to the Onyx Flamingo podcast, and I am your fearless leader, Autumn. This podcast is about women having discussions about the difficult issues that we face, not just for ourselves, but with our families, our friends, and within our communities. So if you're into making an impact and having a positive perspective, then join us. And if this is your first time here, welcome. If not, you know we love you. I hope that you enjoy this next episode. And if you do, give us a like and drop your comments. Peace. Hey, so this is the intro episode to the Onyx Flamingo podcast. And I must say, you guys, this has been a long time coming. I'm really excited to finally be in a place where I feel like I have made myself proud and I can make the most impact with the people that I care about and the people that will find this podcast. So my name is Autumn and I'm about to just break open a little bit of my story for you. So you might be wondering what in the world an Onyx Flamingo is. So, I am a really big believer in the energetic powers of different crystals. So, these crystals are found all over the world and they they kind of have regions where you can find them. And just ancient history believed and used these type of stones as a way to kind of bring positive energy to you, to soothe fears, to, you know, um, protect us against other spirits that may have poor intentions towards us. And some people may feel like this is witchy poo. I don't. First of all, the stones are stunning. They are breathtaking. They are raw. I have amethyst and I have lapis and I have moonstone and citrine and rose quartz and they are just really beautiful they're just so natural and untouched which for me personally I really love things that are not perfect Um, I hate when I go buy furniture I hate to buy like a whole set because I hate this idea that everything is so perfect and put together and it's that matchy matchy stuff I just don't like it And so the stones in their raw form to me, they just represent kind of who we are when we start a journey of kind of really digging at ourselves. Well, the powers of onyx, the stone, which is onyx, which you guys, we all know about the black onyx, but onyx actually can come in an array of colors all the way up to white. And each stone has a slight variation on how the stone's energetic properties are said to work. Um, I prefer the black one. I really love the stone. It comes in different shades where it's really dark and you can't see through it all the way to where it's see-through and it looks great. They're just beautiful. The white ones are really pretty. They have peach ones and blue ones. But specifically the black onyx is said to have the power to take something negative and turn it around into something positive. It's taken me 15 plus years of personal work, of facing myself, of acknowledging my failures, 
of identifying my own toxic behaviors. But I really believe that one of my gifts are being able to take something negative and turn it into a positive. And because of that, I really I really wanted to highlight my own, for myself, not for really anybody else, but for my own personal, just a reminder to myself. What am I good at? Because I think it's so easy to get stuck on the things that we're not good at. You know, we go through school, and if you think back to being in school, if you were really good at English, like, you know, that was great. But if you sucked at math, that's what everyone focused on. Everyone focused on what you weren't good at. And I personally feel like by doing that, we really lose a lot of our power. I think that kids, there's something that kids know about themselves. They're, they're just innately connected to their natural gifting. And you see it in how they play, where their imagination goes, what they are drawn to as children. Um, and I really believe that kids know themselves the best before society starts applying expectations and standards and personal beliefs and values, before our hearts start getting broken, before our dreams start getting crushed by the reality of adulthood. I think that they really know something about themselves that we lose as we start this trek of adulthood and what it looks like to be successful. And so bringing Onyx into this name for me was a way for me to remind myself constantly of what my gifts are and what I'm good at. I don't have to focus on the things that I'm not good at. I don't have to be perfect at everything. I don't have to be the heart and the lungs and the liver and the kidneys and the colon. I can just be the heart or I can just be the kidneys. And that's okay. That is what I am here for. And it took me a long time to come to terms with figuring out what it was that I am really good at. Where is my gifting? What is my passion? And how do I put those two together to a point to where I'm happy getting up and going to work every day? I hit this point, this wall, I'll say it. It was a very large brick wall, like hurricane 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 proof wall within myself I had built a wall within my own psyche to where my I couldn't access parts of myself I thought I was just closing myself off to other people you know to other traumas to to other things bad things happening to me but what I realized is that I had closed myself off from myself there were parts of me that I didn't even know or recognize. I wasn't easily able to pinpoint what I was good at. I was great at pointing out what I was bad at or what did I needed to prove on, to improve on or what I needed, where my opportunities for growth were. I mean, I went through you know, traditional education systems. I've got my master's and you do a lot of SWOT analysis and you do in operations, you focus a lot on what's not working to keep everything that is working functional. And I just, I bred a mentality into myself that discredited and devalued 
a lot of my gifting. And so for me, the reason that I started with Onyx is because I needed a reminder constantly to myself that it's okay that you're a hard person. It's okay that you are somebody who is not willing to sacrifice people for monetary gain or some extra revenue. It's okay that you are a person who genuinely cares about people and you are not someone who demands that people separate their personal and professional lives. It's okay that I am the type of person that sees people and employees not as liabilities but as assets and I believe that it's my job as a leader to draw out of them what their best self is and it's my job to create an environment for them to excel as their best self and so that is very contradictory to a lot of what you learn when you are going through corporate America especially if you are in sales or you are in Um, operations. It's very revenue driven. It's very results driven. The personal story of people is really removed. People become, you know, a piece of a puzzle or a part of a process that is ultimately not focused on them at all. And that was painful for me. I I did very well in, in, in those industries. I did exceptionally well in corporate America. I made quite a few people a lot of money but at the end of the day I was not happy I don't enjoy treating people poorly I don't care how much you pay me I was making six figures and I basically left a job because I refused to treat people as if they were disposable and as if their personal dreams and their personal families and their personal security and financial stability did not matter. I just was not willing to treat people that way. And I ultimately lost my job because of it. I don't regret it. Was it hard at the time? Absolutely. It was really hard. I, it took me six months to really just even get my head above water after all of that happened because I had dedicated so much of myself to that company and my team was phenomenal. My team was exceptional. They were the best in the company. They couldn't be touched and they thought it was because we followed procedures. We never followed any procedures, y'all. Like, what are procedures? I, when someone's kid was sick, I said, work from home. Or when someone's wife went to the emergency room, I didn't say, when are you going to make up your hours? I said, text me when you get home. Let me know what's going on and that you guys are okay. When someone's daughter was in an accident, we were not focused on work. I said, give me all of your notes. I will handle your, I'll handle your cases. You go take care of your child. And for me, that was what real leadership was it wasn't always focusing on the projected monthly sales because I knew that if I treated my teams well they would perform because they were committed to our team and they were committed to the vision and the mission of the organization because to them I was the face I was their contact I was that person and it took me a long time just to realize that I didn't have to fit into the mold of corporate America that they tried to make me fit into, that my way was also successful. 
that I had the ability to take something negative and turn it around and make it a positive. And that is how I have always led my teams. That is how I will continue to lead my teams. And that is the reason that I have unyielding success. It doesn't matter what I touch or what I do. And it's not because of me. I'm never doing all the work. I'm never alone. It is because when you treat people with respect, they will just be the best. They will be their best selves. And that's my job as a leader. So that's a little bit of the explanation about Onyx. I am just a big believer of that. I sage my house. I have crystals around. I burn incense. I meditate. I love yoga. I like being outside. Um, So to me, the stone and the powers of Onyx represented who I felt my powers were but in, you know, the people realm, I guess. Now, the flamingo. (laughs) It's kind of a cute story. Um, So everybody can kind of identify with a spirit animal, you know? And I had somebody ask me this, and it was literally last year. Literally last year, somebody that I work with, it's a dear friend of mine, asked me, what is your spirit animal? And I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, my little, my, my uppity self of was triggered about immediately. It was like, that's just so immature. Like, why do I need an animal to represent my spirit? Like I just am, but I kind of threw out a word randomly. I was like, I don't know, like a flamingo. I don't, I never really, I don't like birds. Okay. I have way too much hair. I am not a bird person. I don't like them around me. I don't like them walking around me. I have been pooped on when I was younger. I'm just not a bird person. I don't like them. I'm not a big geese fan. I like swans from far away. I don't like birds. I'm not a bird fan. Mm-mm. But something in my subconscious throughout the word flamingo, like, the only thing I could think of was those tacky plastic yard bird thingies that you see stereotypically in, you know, I don't know, like trailer parks in Florida or something. And I was just like, really like flamingo. But the whole exercise to me was just, I can get a little dismissive of things that I think are not serious because on an intellectual level, I'm constantly serious. I'm very science-based. I like facts. I'm very analytical um, and I want proof. I don't care about your opinion. And so somehow I ended up just getting a little sucked into this flamingo thing. Like, okay, like let's, let's really think about this. My friend that um, was having this conversation with She's much more, let's just say this, she's much less inhibited about identifying herself in a way that maybe other people will not understand. She's just perfectly fine with that. And so she really gave me permission to not have to explain myself to anyone other than myself, which was weird, right? Because we should be doing that, but we don't. We typically look for other things that we can judge to validate our existence, our experience, or our beliefs. They're external, but we never look inward to validate those, which is kind of odd, right? 
And so I started looking up flamingos. Um, I am obsessed with ancient Egyptian teachings, um, with Kemet, which was the name of Egypt before it was changed to Egypt, and Kemetology, Kemetic beliefs, um, Mayat, Mayat, and just the way that ancient Egyptian civilization functioned. They were some of the most incredible people that we've ever had on this planet. They were so far more advanced than anyone ever thought they were because they cannot read, they cannot translate their language because it's hieroglyphic. So there's very few people that know how to read those and to translate them. There are a lot of words that have been translated incorrectly from (laughs) the hieroglyphics into English literature that's left a lot of incorrect belief systems about Egyptian life and Egyptian spiritual and religious beliefs, how they functioned. Um, But at the end of the day, nobody can explain the wonders that the ancient Egyptian civilizations were able to accomplish. Um, There's no explanation. But what I know is that there were certain animals that each god or goddess was represented by and I need you to know up front when they're speaking in terms of god or goddess in ancient Egyptian it is not in terms of god for example in the way that Christians view god it is a mistranslation of the word netter which is the male version which would be god or neteru which is the female version which is goddess Unfortunately, these words were translated into the words God and goddesses, but that is not what they meant. The words should have been translated closer to something such as an angel or a spirit guide. So, for example, the archangel Michael um, is, or the, mar, ar, the archangel Gabriel, both of those I've heard, they are protectors and warriors. Um, That is the same type of spiritual being that Egyptians considered gods or goddesses, the word we use. Um, And so they, there is an idea that they were polytheistic. They were not. They ultimately did not have a religious system that was set up similar to Christianity, where there was a persona of a person that they worshipped. They did not have that. Um, When they speak of God, they speak of the creator of life, um, the sustainer of life, which for them was the actual sun, because technically that is what brought forth life and what maintains and sustains life. Without the sun, we would all die. So the teachings are very skewed. They have been misinterpreted and and just misread. And there's so much false information about ancient Egyptian spiritual beliefs and teachings because they've been incorrectly translated. So when they say God or goddess, they're really speaking about spiritual guides for us. And these spiritual guides are represented in um, sometimes animal form so the flamingos were considered a great 
honor to be represented by this symbol. Um, the pharaohs and the top healers and the top spiritualists of ancient Egyptian were represented in death with flamingos. They're, they were very honorary. They were considered very rare. It is said that the tale of the phoenix rising from the ashes was actually about flamingos. And I'll explain that why in a minute. But um, because I am so attached to ancient Egyptian culture and civilization and spirituality, when I read this about flamingos, something just clicked. And I said, okay, I said flamingos for a reason. That was subconscious. Um, when I found out that the flamingo was really the inspiration behind the Phoenix Rising, it really went along with what I believe about the powers of the stone onyx. So flamingos, a lot of them are born in this salt flat. It is so highly alkaline that human life, including, well, plant life, animal life, human life, nobody can survive in these salt flats. They are like large areas that are just really salty. What happens is this: there's this very salty water and it um, evaporates at a certain time of year. All of the flamingos of this certain type, there's a couple of different um, types of flamingos. One of them comes to this area. So meaning every single flamingo that's ever been born of this certain type is born in the salt flat. And again, no, no life can be sustained in these salt flats. They are so toxic, they will burn your skin. The salt is so salty, it'll burn your skin. They're really, really hot. They're in the middle of a desert. They have limited amount of water and they actually have these babies. They mate, they have these babies and they, these babies are born in these salt flats. Um, and the, the families, the the flamingos they stay together for forever they flock together forever so every year there's thousands of new baby flamingos that are born and not all of them make it obviously they the salt flats are, are very hard it's, it's a hard beginning to life it's a lot of overcoming and a lot of struggling and it requires a lot of resilience and that is really what the flamingos are known for is resilience but at the same time, they're so beautiful and they're, they're balanced. You know, we see flamingos and they stand on one leg for balance. We think it's for balance, but it's really not. They said it was, um, it, was an, it was a genetic evolutionary thing that they are able to stand on one leg to keep the smallest amount of their body parts in this really saltic, acidic water that these, in, these, in this environment that these flamingos stay in to bring forth life. And the story really made me feel like it connected me with my own story. Um, I started being physically abused at the age of six weeks. And I don't mean like just a little bit. I was bruised from shoulder blade to my heels at six weeks old. I endured not the worst childhood that I've heard, but it definitely was damaging to both my brother and myself. I lost my mother for a period of time. Um, 
I've had a lot of just, some of it was self-inflicted too, y'all. Like this isn't me being a victim, but it's definitely, I have had to learn how to overcome some really difficult situations. And some of them I didn't ask to be in. I was just born there and I had to fight my way out. Um, And some of them I have inflicted upon myself and I have had to face my own self and find my way out as well. But to me, the flamingo just represents that you can get through some really nasty, horrible things that are meant to kill you, that are meant to destroy you. And you can still come out on the other side with yourself intact and still be balanced. And it's like you've got to learn that the, everything that's going on on the outside can never affect what's going on on the inside. And that's been a major lesson for me. Like 2019 was really like, get your ish together, girl. And 2020 has really been about me focusing on really just using my gifts and my powers and my experiences to make an impact. And I will share my story with you as, as, as it becomes relevant. I'm not, I'm pretty much an open book. I have a lot of experiences to share and I, I'm able to connect with a lot of different people for different reasons. And I think that it was definitely time for me to just step out on this limb of opportunity and use the fractures use the damage use the trauma in a way that's no longer hurting me or holding me back but in a way that becomes my platform to elevate myself above all of it and so it may not make much sense to you it turns out really cute because i really do love flamingos and i love the beach I always say that palm trees are my happy trees, hashtag Bob Ross, but at, on a more subconscious emotional level, like I really felt like I had something to connect with. It just made sense for me and it doesn't have to make sense for you. Like you can just call me autumn. You can just watch the watch. You can just listen to the podcast or just watch the YouTube videos. Um, but at the end of the day, it was for me. It's a reminder for myself every time I go to do work, every time I have to start a podcast, every time I see my Instagram, I am reminded of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I'm reminding myself to not allow the things that I have been through to become weights on my ankles, but to become the things with which I build myself up on. So, this podcast, my purpose for this podcast is to inspire and empower other women to begin to use their experiences and their traumas and their brokenness to guide others through the hell that we know exists. We're going to talk about everything that is encompassing womanhood and sisterhood and motherhood. You don't have to be a mother to be with us, um, but we are going to talk about the struggles of motherhood. We're going to talk about the struggles of being a stepmom. We're going to talk about the struggles of 
your ex being married to a new woman or being with someone and having them, you know, be part of your kids. We're going to talk about medical issues. We're going to talk about abuse. We're going to talk about everything that holds us back. Because I firmly believe that the future is women. I think that it's going to take us being able to have these conversations with each other to solve these problems and to find that middle ground that we know is there before our society begins to take a turn for the positive. And I think that we're the only ones that can protect our next generation. We're the only ones that can protect our kids. So I encourage you to just become part of our flock. Um, Go on us with this really difficult journey, but know that you're going to have people there on your side to fight your battles with you. And um, if you just want to listen and you just want to be an observer, follow us, like us, subscribe. We encourage you to get the healing and to make the impact at whatever level and way you feel most comfortable. So I hope this makes sense to you and now you understand where the Onyx Flamingo comes from. So enjoy the other other podcasts, enjoy the other episodes and uh, drop us your comments. If you have any questions or you want to tell your story or you need some advice, there's an email listed in the description box. Just just talk to us. All right, y'all, this is long enough and uh, I have this mama has some stuff to do. So peace out.